0: Hey all this is Patch coming to you before the show with a couple of quick content notes. Uh, there is some discussion up front about electrolysis and the process there. It's not needle talk exactly, but it's close enough that you may have concerns there. Uh, similarly, there's also discussion of use of electrolysis as preparation for surgery. It's definitely not as raunchy as we have been in the past few weeks, but if those are sensitive topics for you, you need to be aware. Uh, that's pretty much cleared up by the 10-minute mark of the episode, though, so I hope you enjoy On the edge of grayness Turning darkness to light Oh, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about she rot and the princesses of power. My name is Patch, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on Etheria, it's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? Oh.
1: Well, you know, it's only been three days since we last recorded, so uh, not a whole lot has actually really happened in the last couple of days, except for my, like, that's happening. Ooh. That's uh, that's an experience. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, content warning for I not needles necessarily, but kind of a needle, I guess. i would call so it not needles. really sure. Yeah, yeah, it's not really a needle. It's like it's it's something that's like long and narrow and thin, like a needle, but it's like it just has like a heated tip, and like they basically just use that to like follow the hair along into like the follicle, and then to like loosen it, I guess, with the little heat tip or whatever, and then basically just pull it out with tweezers <laughs> and in my case that was for uh 90 minutes straight it <laughs> for like a little like break in between uh so yeah it's like it's it's not the it's not the most painful if, more of anything like i was more uncomfortable just having to, like lay there for 90 minutes on so like one of those like narrow little like not like uh not like doctor like uh like not beds or whatever you would call those things that they have at the doctor's office because it's like more like a like you know one of those like more narrow things like kind of more like a massage table in a oh, sense, yeah. i guess <clears throat> under a really bright light so that she could see what she was doing <laughs> and wearing a shirt that was definitely not at all uh good for it because i got very sweaty because it had long sleeves <laughs> so good to know uh when i go back in three weeks basically to wear a much shorter shirt for that day yeah fair. <laughs>
0: I, and, uh, and
1: also, I'm I'm going to be doing like hour sessions instead for now on, just because it's a little easier on me. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've never so done I'm a patrolysis like... myself, but uh, someone close to me has, and uh, the way they do it is that they just get numbed up and then do like eight hour sessions, so that's pretty rough. That's that's so long. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? right? Yeah, jeez, yeah. <laughs>
1: Like yeah, she, she mentioned that like when we get around to like, when we eventually work my way over to my lip and all that we might use like numbing agents just cause the lip is pretty sensitive. Like basically we only really got in that 90 minutes time to basically do like the like right side of the throat basically. <laughs> and like the most sensitive parts there being like when you're actually at the middle of the throat cause like, you know. <laughs> Well, the throat turns out, uh, you know, is a sensitive place. That's why you don't like getting punched in the throat <laughs> at all. <laughs> and uh, also along the jawline just because, you know, it's right on the bone. So you feel that. And the, the jawline, interestingly enough, was actually a little bit more of a hassle than even on the throat itself for me. I guess it's just because the bone is, like, more sensitive to that. Because, like, I was fine when I got my tattoo on my shoulder a year ago, basically. Even though that's basically right on the bone but I guess like it's a little bit more sensitive just directly on I guess that's like closer like between skin and bone at the jaw compared to the shoulder (laughs) even though like my shoulder is really not all that meaty or anything but I guess it's you know it's also again your face it's a pretty sensitive area so I guess that's why
0: yeah that's uh um, that's why this person does the long sessions is because it takes so long to just get anything done yeah yeah so they just get yeah, their whole face basically. done in one go and then it's it's not a great recovery i'm not gonna lie
1: <laughs> no i mean basically like uh i mean i had that done just yesterday and like my face my was like a little sensitive afterwards but it's like it doesn't like flared up and like got all, like red or pink mm-hmm. or anything like he was actually like oh you yours is actually like coming out pretty easily which she said was like kind of not expected because like apparently like for some reason like more like redder hairs which my face has even though my the top of my head is like normally like more of a dark brown at this oh, point in yeah. my life i'm, I'm right it was, there with like, yeah. you yeah it was way redder when i was a kid but not anymore but like apparently those are actually a little bit more resilient with being taken out, but I guess because she's like, oh, well, you've been on hormones for 29 months, so that's helped a little bit with making them not as resilient and, uh, like, being a bit of a, a bastard to get out. <laughs> so I guess, hey, turns out it's all been, like, it, it's all a process, obviously. Nobody ever said transition thing was easy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or cheap or, or quick. <laughs> so, you know. It's, it'll be a work in progress, but
0: we'll get there. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you've taken a first step. <laughs> yep. Even if it is one that I personally am terrified
1: of. I mean, it's not for everybody, it's just like surgeries and stuff.
0: Yeah, well, you know, surgeries.
1: <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, no, uh, can't say there's really been a whole lot else going on at the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fair. Um,. Given that I am in between semesters at the moment, and given that I am unemployed, I have been staying home a lot and doing a lot of nothing, which uh, regrettably means that I do need to take us into our recurring segment, Time to Talk About Star Wars.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's happened in Star
0: Wars now? Uh, What's happened in Star Wars is I finally sat down and watched the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It's... A lot, by which I mean it's six hours, and that's too much. It's too much.
1: Is it, is it, is it only like six episodes of an hour each?
0: Yeah, that's what it is, but...
1: Okay, that, yeah, so like kind of the same of like what uh, season of Mando is then, because those are like seven or eight episodes, and they're usually like an hour or so long?
0: That is true, but... The... The difference, I think, is that the Mandalorian episodes tend to be a little more standalone. Sure, there's a sort of a story that goes through the seasons, but generally it's just him kind of wandering somewhere, like Old West style. Yeah,
1: like like especially season one where it's like, okay, where's Mando and uh, Baby Yoda going this week? Exactly.
0: But uh, this show is extremely not that. This is a six-hour-long movie. It's not fun. Oh,
1: Oh boy. (laughs) Do you think it would have been better if they actually just made this be, like, a two-hour-long movie and
0: kept it more truncated? I think I would have preferred it. It's... The thing is, this show is a sad dad video game. (laughs) It's Uh, one of those, yeah. (laughs) Obi-Wan is not technically a dad, but he's standing in for that role, so... (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, so, I just... So, so in a sense, they're kind of doing bando again.
0: <laughs> in a way, yeah. It's... yeah. The basic premise is that 10-year-old Leia has been kidnapped, and Obi-Wan gets called in to go save her. Ah, because okay. he was friends with Bale back in the day. And that's, like... Everything else aside, I don't think I like Obi-Wan and Leia spending a week together when <laughs> she was 10. <laughs> because if...
1: Yeah, it's like... It's like one of those things where it's like you didn't really need that because like, I mean, you had like the context when in episode four where she's like, you know, years ago your my my father was friends with you in the Clone Wars. It's like that's all you really need. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's a that's enough of a connection there of like, okay, yeah, Obi Wan knows Leia just through process of knowing her dad and also, of course, knowing that Leia is actually Anakin's daughter, you know? Yeah, 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 like y- y- we, di- we don't we don't really need the, oh, yeah, and also Obi-Wan met her when she was ten to help her out with stuff. <laughs> well
0: that, but also like, in A New Hope, when uh, I guess spoiler alert for Star Wars A New Hope, <laughs> when Obi-Wan dies, <laughs> it's just Luke, right? And Luke at this yeah. point has oh, known yeah, Obi-Wan yeah, for yeah, like it's three it's days, but Leia's known him no, for half no, her life.
1: No, Luke, Luke ha- it's, imp- it's basically implied that Luke kind of does know Obi-Wan a little bit because, like, they like they mention, like, how it's like his uh, aunt and uncle basically kind of tell him to stay away from Obi-Wan because he's, like, a weirdo, right? Well, so he's, like, quote, I, I, that
0: old hermit who lives beyond the Dune Sea. I don't know that they've ever met before well that that's not true anymore they do meet once in this series so he has had oh. an encounter
1: yeah I i guess I always just also kind of thought more along the lines of like Luke and Obi-Wan had kind of a like Marty and Doc sort of relationship where it's like yeah they know each other
0: yeah I don't think that's true because <laughs> like <Marty's> Luke a... <laughs> doesn't know Obi-Wan when he sees him for the first time yeah. in a New Hope that's true but yeah, my point I mean, is, like, like Luke yeah. met this guy just a couple days ago, flew to another planet with him, and he died. But to Leia, this is her childhood hero who she idolized and who basically shaped her childhood. Yeah,
1: and she does not give a fuck about him dying. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like, well, everybody dies all the time in the Rebellion. <laughs>
0: fuck it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird, I'm not gonna lie.
1: And... God, yes. I... Die. You can't hear it at all, probably, on your own, but I can actually, hear, even with my headphones on my door closed, I can hear Simon screaming for food in the other room. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I cannot hear that, but I'm sure he'll show up on the recording.
1: Yeah, probably not. I don't see him kicking up my audacity at all. Oh, well, do yeah. you know. Yeah, Sam's just not home yet, so he's being very screamy about food. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so part of the reason I was, I decided to watch this show is because I wasn't really interested in it but I heard that Liam Neeson was in it and Qui-Gon Jinn is basically the most interesting part of Star Wars to me just because of what he represents to the Jedi because he's Mm -hmm. the other Jedi, you know he's the one who's not all about no attachments, he's the Aang to Yoda's uh, uh, Master What's-His-Name and then he gets Uh, Qui-Gon? Master Qui-Gon is the Aang to uh, whatever that teacher guy's name is but Yoda yeah the the one yeah, who wanted like, to, I mean,
1: end like, to forget Qui-Gon, uh, Katara. Yeah, because like, uh, Qui Gon was like, always the one who was like, fuck your stupid rules, this is bullshit, this is dumb. Yeah, exactly.
0: He was a lot more <laughs> I mean, like, and like Jedi but libertine, allows himself to feel and have connections and draws power from that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he, he's the 3.5 paladin that doesn't have to be lawful good because the GM let him be like. More like uh, like chaotic
0: good. I suppose. But yeah, so I mean, that's what he represents, and then he gets whacked in episode one, and you never see that influence anywhere else in the series.
1: Yeah, you sure don't. So I was
0: excited <laughs> to have him back, at least as a ghost, I thought, for this series. But it turns out, uh, spoilers for the Kenobi series, he has three lines there in the last minute of the last episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he not have like a little like cameo near the end of rise of skywalker along with like a bunch of the other jedi masters talking to right yeah it
0: was like all the jedi have a line that's like we are with you or the force is with you or something yeah
1: because because like because yeah, i want to say like even like uh i don't know if it's the the transphobe playing ahsoka or the person that played ahsoka in like the clone wars it was the voice TV actor show. oh okay. ashley that scene. Okay, that's that's a better choice. Why why not just get her to play Ahsoka in the live action? <laughs> I know, right? Why why not fucking get rid of the other Especially third? <laughs> since
0: she's like a professional fashion designer slash cosplayer.
1: Yeah, she could probably she could probably easily like play Ahsoka in live action then.
0: <laughs> I agree, yeah.
1: Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. Instead, they have to stick by a turf instead of. At least they got rid of one of the two turfs associated with Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah, it's. It's fine if you like watching six hour stories. I think it was too much. It's absolutely yeah. a great story about Obi Wan being a sad guy who's just upset that he basically caused all his friends to die. <laughs> But also, they really didn't (laughs) need to stretch that story as much as they did, I think.
1: Nah, apparently not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, it's Star Wars.
1: (laughs) Star Wars, yep. You know, you know, what you're getting, and unfortunately, the state of Star Wars kind of continues to be that even in this big whole galaxy, only one thing really never kind of happens.
0: Pretty much, yes. <laughs> every,
1: everybody's always connected to this whole thing that happened uh, way later on in the continuity.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I will say um, there is a Darth Vader fight near the end of the series that is honestly kind of incredible it is one of my favorite fights in star wars so that's pretty good but
1: <laughs> well, at least there's that i mean i can't say i really like truly tuned into star wars for the fights and all but it's like yeah yeah yeah. If, if you at least get, like, a pretty cool action scene in it after dealing with it for six hours, then I guess that's worth, well, that's worth something. I it's guess. worth not something. Worth, <laughs> not, not worth it. <laughs> it's just worth something. Worth some part of it,
0: <laughs> I guess. And, yeah, like, there's definitely, there's cameos in Junk, obviously, because of course there are. But some of them are just so weird and out there to me. It's like characters from the, the the Clone Wars series who I would not have recognized in live action because they don't look the same as they do in Clone Wars. Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: the... I, I couldn't even say who that would be because like I, the mostly like I tried to watch a few episodes of the Clone Wars TV show back when uh. Uh, more Civilized Age podcast like, started up you know, The one that Austin Walker <laughs> does with some friends So like, I, I tried to watch some of it And like, kind of got a little bit into it But kind of also fell off Because like, a lot of that early show Is kind of just like Again, kind of more like Adventure of the Week Of a bunch of clones dying and stuff yeah. So it's like uh, I mean, the only one I really remember from that show Obviously besides this book it Would be like Commander Cody and Rex, right? <laughs> um because i like to the the actual clone yeah those are want
0: to be another snowstorm those are certainly characters who go on to do other things yeah but like um uh uh, if you listen to that podcast i'm sure you remember the episode about the jedi detective senube he's the one who helps ahsoka get her (laughs) lightsaber back
1: uh yeah i didn't get that far oh well i see i didn't realize you
0: (laughs) dropped the podcast um
1: uh, yeah, I, I kind of also stopped listening to that too because like I don't know. Fair <laughs> enough.
0: Well, yeah. So I, he's... I, I was kind
1: of I was kind of mostly in it for Austin because uh, Austin stopped uh, being on a lot of the other podcasts I listened to.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Well, Yeah, he's like a, a Jedi detective. He uses the Force to solve crimes on Coruscant, and he's in the Obi Wan show. Uh, he doesn't introduce himself. He has no lines, but he's there. Uh, if you can recognize him rendered in CG for live action and not the Clone Wars style.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: It's, yeah. It's, it's super weird. But yeah, that's pretty much what I did in the past three days. Apart from having one catastrophic revelation, which mm-hmm. we really, really do need to talk about. So, uh, She-Hulk. I talked about it last week, yes? According to the promotional materials for that show, uh, She-Hulk in the TV show is six foot seven. I would not have guessed that, because if you look at her standing next to anybody, she doesn't look six seven. She looks taller than that. But that's not the problem. The problem is if she's six seven, then that means she is over a foot taller than the She-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, just keep that in mind.
1: Valadora <laughs> M- 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 really doesn't kind of look like she's like eight feet tall most of the time either. <laughs> she's definitely taller than most of the people on the show, but like she doesn't seem like she's eight feet tall when she she runs.
0: No, she definitely <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, it's a little early, but uh, would you like to jump into our episodes? We got some. Uh, we got some big revelations today. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we got some bigger stuff than last week. (laughs) And by last week, I mean three days ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it won't be three days when this comes out. It'll be like five, six. It'll
1: it'll be close enough to a week, yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, so uh, my episode this week is Season 3, Episode 3, Once Upon a Time in the Waste. Uh, We open in the Crimson Wastes again uh vultures circle overhead as catra stares grimly into the distance it's very dramatic
1: <laughs> yeah I, I just i just made like a little jokey like 10 fps ass birds not animating properly <laughs> like nope, hear about that because <laughs> they're just they're just gliding they're not moving their wings at all yeah it's well i mean vultures don't that, they're true but still <laughs> it was kind of just a bit goofy that it's like oh I didn't realize vultures don't do that, but at the same time, yeah, it's I mean, kind of the they're they desert
0: have. birds, so they glide on thermals as much as they can to not waste energy.
1: Uh, that, that's, that's
0: fair. Like, they do flap, but not. You know what I mean. <laughs> I'm not saying that they yeah, can just buffer. They,
1: they, <laughs> they obviously have to, like, actually do something to get airborne, obviously.
0: <laughs> now they're v <VTOL> birds. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes
1: they've got, they've got they just have those uh the little like uh the little bits of uh jets that do like the the air that you use in like uh sci-fi to make spaceships like get realigned to dock and stuff <laughs> but they have that just everywhere so that they just use it to take off yes exactly
0: <laughs> yeah so catra's just doing her dramatic cowboy thing until scorpia shows up just exhausted from trying to keep up Uh, Catra's monk move speed bonus is just devastating when you add sands to the equation Uh, (laughs) Catra is essentially mad about everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. she thinks she's going to die here in the Wastes and now Scorpia's going to die here too and she's mad that Scorpia's even here on account of how she told Scorpia not to come with her and of course that just makes Scorpia fall more in love with her because Catra was nobly pushing her away in order to save her it's very sad. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's it's very sad and also Scorpio is very gay in this episode. Right. Like I don't think I've ever gay not gay felt sorry really for Scorpia. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, definitely not. Like she's she's always been like, oh, she's she's this the sad, kinda, clueless meathead character in a sense. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, she's not dumb, but like she's just like she's just clueless enough that it's like, Oh <laughs> poor girl. Go go hang out with people that are better to you.
0: Yeah, she just doesn't seem to She's the girl who falls in love too easy and then just doesn't see the red flags. That's who Scorpia is. And it feels yep. bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, either way, Katra doesn't really have the energy to say anything about this because she's so upset about being thrown away by Hordak because uh, she thinks she deserves more chances. She only messed up once, but uh, since Hordak doesn't think she deserves more chances, all her dreams are going to die. And, you know, she will too. But then they spot the giant skeleton bar from last episode. And they are, of course, confused because the wastes are supposed to be abandoned, but, yeah, it's pretty much... We get this scene again this is where all the furries live um Uh she immediately starts throwing her weight around and gets a seat at the bar by literally throwing someone off the bar stool and hissing and growling and puffing her hair (laughs) up
1: and just yeah she's she's doing exactly the uh, pissed off cat thing yeah
0: absolutely (laughs) full on scorpia does suggest not upsetting the the heavily armed crowd which good on you but Catra really does not care, since she was sent to die here anyway. So she, she's just, she's in a bad way right now. Um, but then she overhears a horned goon talking to four-armed goon about how good it is that she and her friends are gone. And then she gives a very specific description of each one of them, just in case you weren't sure who she was talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. I also like how, like, last week we were like, oh, these two don't have names, but also they don't matter because they won't come back. Well, they don't and have they names. I just the said their episode. names. Exactly. But uh, but we were like, oh, but they, they're not important enough, so they won't come back, and then they come back the very next episode.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. So so Catra does demand to know where they went, and Scorpia, Scorpia kind of gently reminds her that actually they're here for the First Ones tech, not for Adora. But the thing is, by this point, Catra has actually gotten kind of genre-savvy. Uh, she knows by this point that Adora is always after the same thing she is, so if they're in the same wasteland, Adora must have what they're after. Yep. <laughs> you can't say she doesn't learn. But.
1: Well she, she, well, she doesn't learn about certain things. That's true, yeah. Like letting herself be happy. But yeah, she, she's at least learning enough to be genre savvy.
0: <laughs> but yeah. But not much so, else. So she demands to know where they went, and the Horned Goon starts just straight up repeating Huntara's speech about the Wasteland rules, only for Catra to interrupt her by laughing too hard, because she's been there, done that with people trying to intimidate her, right? And also, she is extremely depressed right now, to the point where she doesn't really care if she dies or not, because she's already lost anything, so intimidating her is pretty much pointless. Uh, She beats up a random snake lady and takes her knife, so that's rude, but, uh...
1: Can we call this really a knife? It's like a bit of bone that's not at all sharp and busted up in places. (laughs) Like, you could probably, you know, like, hurt somebody by, like, jabbing it into them, but it's not like a knife knife. <laughs> it's just a poke—it's just a sharp, it's like,
0: stick, basically. Yeah. And I gotta be real, like, this speech does come across as intimidating in the show from the way the characters react to it, but if a teen girl talks like this in real life, give her—give her the phone number for a hotline. It, I don't know. Yeah. Buy her a <laughs> bottle of water. Hear her story. This isn't scary, it's terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm get, getting the sense that Etheria probably doesn't have, like, therapy, like, phone lines that you could call into.
0: kind of seems like it, yeah.
1: I mean, to be fair, they don't seem like they have phones, but it's like, they don't seem like they have an equivalent that would do that. This is
0: true. Well, they do have the communicator badges. They've got the Star Trek badges that they were using to get around Crypto Castle. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, so the uh, Horned Goon agrees to take Catra wherever she needs to go. Um, Elsewhere, Adora and the gang have arrived at Mara's ship, and uh, Adora is pretty awed by this, because it is the ship that she saw crashing in one of her visions. And Bo is also very into it, but more from a tech angle, because he's thrilled by the possibilities a spaceship could hold. Except that it is empty. (laughs) And Tora explains that pretty much as soon as this ship was uncovered by a big old sandstorm, it got stripped for parts and then abandoned again on account of how it's haunted. <sighs> These people and their ghosts, huh? Mm-hmm. But Adora does some actual puzzle solving for once, and she realizes that the room they're in is just way smaller than the ship is, so there must be a way deeper inside. And there is. She just needed to have her shield i guess it's not a key or anything she just needed it to be a shield
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's weird that she had to have it in the shield form considering it's still the sword protection regardless so it's like why does it have to be in the shield form in particular to activate this stuff? i know right
0: <laughs> yeah um back in the wastes uh well, I don't know if that really works, because they're all in the wastes. Elsewhere, uh, Scorpia is praising <laughs> Catra's performance in the bar, because she kind of thinks Catra was just acting really good. And then she also kills four-armed goon by pushing him into a poisonous thorn bush that turns him to stone.
1: <laughs> yep. like okay. that was, Sorry. No, wait, no, she comes back, because yeah, as we find out next episode, uh, apparently she's see her pronouns, because she's back in when dealing with the other characters when they go to the fright zone. I missed that. My mistake. At least I think I'm pretty sure it's the same person.
0: Um, probably. If she followed Catra from, yeah. Because Horned Goon definitely did, so I can't imagine Forearmed Goon not going with. Um, Yeah, Yeah. so my bad. Uh, Some point Catra also got a leather jacket with the sleeves rolled up. It's pretty cool, and I guess she robbed somebody to get this, but I'm not super sure where it came from.
1: Uh, it, it, it was from, like, when, before they, like, cut from the bar scene, like, Catcher looks over at, like, the, the one, like, snake person who, like, looks away and starts whistling. They're the one that has that jacket on. So it's, like, I guess implied that Catcher demanded that jacket or just picked them up
0: and took it. <laughs> I, Yes. <guess. laughs> um, she's, at this point, she's starting to feel pretty comfortable in the wastes, because since it's all run by power and sheer intimidation, she can pretty much just do and have whatever she wants. This is super PC with class levels taking over a peasant village because there's no one here to stop them energy.
1: Yeah, like, oh well sorry, I am a level 5 wizard that can cast fireball and blow up the entire town so you get to do what I say now. (laughs)
0: Uh, She also renames Horned Goon to be Kyle and starts laughing. Uh, with Scorpio, because she is having fun for maybe the first time in her life. Uh, I appreciate that she is having fun. This does not say good things about her, that this is how she has fun.
1: Yeah, definitely not. And also, like, e- even when uh, Kyle is reincarnated as a goat lady, he still gets shit on. <laughs> Poor Kyle.
0: But yeah, um, she does make the mistake of admitting that she's having fun to Scorpio, so of course Scorpio goes all gaga over her and makes. A weird little face. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this. It's it's, it's the pleading face gay. emoji <laughs> is what it is. Y- yeah. <laughs> Can't believe Scorpio is a bottom. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Scorpio Scorp- Scorp- claims that she's at the top. In reality, she's actually a bottom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, uh, Catra kind of senses something. Uh, She picks it up with her cat powers, I guess. And she says that they have been led right into a trap. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Back on the ship, the best friend squad find the ship's control room, where they also find both the signal they've been tracking and a recording of the previous She-Ra. The trouble is, the recording seems to be broken. She can only say, like, one sentence over and over and over again. It is annoying. But it, it
1: it's it's a little amusing that, that like Adora does not realize at first that this is a hologram despite the fact that she's met holograms before and therefore those holograms can't respond to you. Well
0: sure, but the hologram she interacts with most talks back to her.
1: Well yeah, but like Light Hope is like more of like an artificial intelligence than a hologram. Like yeah. she just uses like a holographic like representation of a person to th- communicate with her for her purpose I guess. But it's like it's like She's seen other holograms that do not talk.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's fair. But she is right, though, when she says they usually respond to some password or the other, so she just starts yelling words at it. (laughs) (laughs) And that does not work, unsurprisingly. (sighs) It's, uh... It's, it's... I'm sorry. I'm, ha- I'm having difficulty finding the words for this because mm-hmm. Adora freaks out like big time. We've seen her scared before. We've seen her nervous, but just never broken like this. She's so yeah, like, upset.
1: N- never, never fully at her wit's end. That she's just like, "Yep, this is just all to be expected." That nobody ever ever thinks for of me. Fuck everything.
0: Yeah, it's. She's so. Frustrated that she can't get answers from anywhere, no matter who she talks to or what she does. It's just constant doing things for people and then getting lied to. It. She's so mad. And it's weird. Uh, very mad.
1: Hmm? <laughs> yep, just very mad.
0: It's it's just weird because she doesn't usually let herself get mad like this. Normally, it's just like I'm gonna get you. I'm back to normal. <laughs> But yeah, so during her outburst, she kind of bangs one of the consoles, which generates a hologram of the sword of protection being used in a slot in the console. So she does that, and that powers up the ship, because I guess the ship runs on sword energy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, as, as they're about to tell you right here, like, I mean, the sword is the key to the entire planet, so it makes sense that they would also power a spaceship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So another hologram starts playing and this one is Mara, not her Shira form, and she's sitting in the captain's chair because I didn't mention it before, but the deck of this ship is extremely a Star Trek, Star Trek bridge. It's
1: Oh yeah, no, the the chair that she's in is just fully like Kirk's chair. Yeah, it's
0: <laughs> Maybe the first ones are Starfleet. Um... <laughs> but yeah, so she's sitting in this chair and she's hurt and she's afraid. This is a hologram message specifically for the next she if there ever is one, but uh, if there is, then that means Mara failed, because she had intended herself to be the last one ever. Bum bum bum. Uh, elsewhere, New Kyle realizes that the gang that has them penned in is the number two gang in the Wastelands, led by Captain Cunnilingus. Uh, I mean, not really, but his name is Tongue Lasher, which come
1: on <laughs> uh, so- sorry pronounced that's less because it has an O in it <laughs> but yeah <laughs> it's like it's like when it's like when I named a character Aqua Mariner in like a campaign I ran <laughs> <laughs> it, hey in my defense it was a bad campaign based off the bad show of Ruby so <laughs> every character has to have a color name
0: <laughs> well that's not like I don't know how common it is, but I know for a fact that Tongue Lasher has been used as slang for someone who performs oral, so... Oh, okay. (laughs) Captain Cunnilingus.
1: Hey, turns out I never had uh, heard that. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, so uh, he is basically a... He's a snake guy wearing cowboy boots and a leather jacket with the sleeves ripped off. But he's mostly just a petty gangster who wants to be boss of the wasteland, but Huntara is stronger than him, so he can't... Yeah... And uh, worth noting, the symbol on the back of his jacket is the same on the one of Catra's, so uh, it's probably his logo. Uh, we won't get a good look in- at it until later, but it is just an Ouroboros. It's a snake eating itself, so it makes sense for it to be his logo since he's a snake guy. Yep,
1: but as soon as I saw that I was like, I've played a lot of Zelda Play 3, I know about Ouroboros. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's what the power that lets you merge into a big mecha form with somebody else in that game. <laughs> I see. Has it not been, any, not been in any of the other Xeno games, but that's what they went with this
0: one. <laughs> yeah, it, in my notes, I have this like running tally of what the logo is and who's wearing it and all that, but I'm honestly going to skip that yeah. because you don't get a good look at it until later, and once you do, it instantly becomes the most boring mystery on the planet. <laughs> um. But yeah, so he is thrilled to see New Kyle and forearmed goon because since they're not with Hantara, he's going to kill them and leave their bones out as a warning to everyone else. But Katra just immediately starts making fun of him. <laughs> She's doing her classic condescending and mean act, which is not super working. This dude mostly just ignores her, but she demands his whip. And then Scorpia interrupts to ask if Katra can use a whip, and they start goofing on catchphrases that Katra could do while using it. Basically, just ignoring tongue. And...
1: But see, you definitely have to actually shout your attacks, though, as we see with tongue lasher <laughs> in like two minutes from now. <laughs> so you definitely have to say whip when you use a whip.
0: Yeah, that is something Scorpio suggests, and Catra says no offhand. But like,
1: <laughs> also just just to point out, like the one guy that laughs at tongue lasher's name, uh, they're like the fifteenth person in the show to die by being pushed off a cliff or a ledge by this point. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been keeping. Maybe I should have been keeping a track of that instead of transformation sequences. Because yeah, maybe. The transformation sequences is far lower <laughs> compared to people shoved off a cliff to their death.
0: Yeah, so he gets super mad about this and starts whipping the heck out of her. She doesn't really have much to do in this fight but run. Uh, Scorpia tries to intervene but gets shot at with a bunch of, like, three foot long arrows. These things are huge. They're, they're keeping her out of this. And then
1: yeah they've got those uh, they've got those uh, dark souls great bows that have the giant arrows yeah.
0: and then uh tongue lasher picks Katra up and he has her dead to rights until she just throws a bunch of sand in his face which like my dude you are the toughest fighter in the desert you would think that you would have figured out a long time ago people throw sand in the desert you're a snake you have two sets of eyelids.
1: Yeah, like, this should really not really affect him all that much. He's a big snake man, and, like, he could also tell where she is by, like, tasting the air. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Know, like,
0: like a snake would. Not to mention the thermal <laughs> vision thing that snakes can do. They've got the, the, the heat pits in their mouths. Yeah. He's got, like, three ways of finding her, and... Yeah. Either way, uh, she basically just bullfights him into a pit of quicksand and steals his whip as he sinks, committing the actual first on-screen murder. Not counting all of our counting murders.
1: Yeah, because we don't see him next episode. Yeah, this guy is straight up dead. Catra got the first real kill of the show. (laughs) Rip. Uh, It's a bummer that I bothered to actually write down his voice actor if he's ever coming back. (laughs) But yeah. I mean, he's a new character, so I had to...
0: Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, Captain Cunnilingus did take his vest off before he fought, specifically so that Scorpia can wear it now that he's dead. So she's got her butch vest on now. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 a good look. I wish she weren't wearing it over her armor. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a
1: little uh, odd that she has it over the armor itself. Yeah.
0: But uh, cutting back to the other group, we get Mara's message. Uh, She reveals that her people were the first ones to settle Etheria, which they did with the intent of studying magic, but that it all went wrong. This annoys me so much because... Okay, so we get a nod to them being the first ones, right? She's kind of Mm -hmm. explaining that here, but she doesn't... Like, we don't get any... Now that we're interacting with them, it would be nice to have a name for them that isn't the first ones, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, like, if there was, like, this is what, like, the first ones is just what everybody calls them because they don't know what they were originally called. And then, like, she was like, it says, like, we're the whatever the hell. And it's like, oh, that must be what the first ones call themselves yeah. compared to us calling them the first ones.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so then she says something about Light Hope, the weapon, use, can't. But the message is a little bit degraded and then just cuts ahead to where Mara talks about opening a portal and hiding this planet in Despondos from the rest of the universe in order to keep everybody safe. Because uh, if she didn't, then countless people would die. And she knows she can't fight whatever she's hiding from, so she ran. It's We get a very personal picture of her here as she talks a little bit about how she didn't want to be She-Ra and didn't want to be a hero and... Nobody's going to remember her that way anyway at this point, but an alarm starts going off in the hologram and she tells them that the sword is the key to the whole planet. It's like the administrator password, so to speak. And it's also the only thing capable of opening a portal to the greater universe because of the shenanigans she pulled. And she begs the new she not to do that, saying that if a portal is ever opened, that untold death and destruction will follow etherea has to stay in despondos because it's the only thing keeping the universe safe and then the hologram cuts out and a slow clap reveals that catra was here the whole time <laughs> she's getting better yep. at sneaking
1: <laughs> yeah she finally uh bothered to uh you know she took skilled less levels so now she actually has stealth proficiency <laughs> to finally use that high duck she has as a monk
0: you know, the uh, the best friend squad get taken down really quick by New Kyle's blow darts, even though they <clears throat> didn't, like, this wasn't a concern last episode, but it is now. But at Adora's request, Huntara kind of grabs Bow and Glimmer and just runs, leaving Adora and the sword in Catra's hands. And, uh, yeah, we cut away to uh, Catra's gang partying and throwing toasts around to driving Kantara's out to... To Catra, the best boss they've ever had, and then Catra jumps in insisting that they toast Scorpio, which of course gets her all hot and bothered. Yep, very gay. Extremely. <laughs> I think, honestly, by this point, I think Katra knows that Scorpio has a crush on her, and is just, like, playing on it to maintain that loyalty, despite not feeling anything back. It's...
1: Yeah, potentially, I'm, I'm not as sure about that, but, you know, could be.
0: I, I really think that's the case, yeah. Uh, even someone as oblivious as Catra is going to notice Scorpia if you're hanging out with her all the time.
1: <laughs> I suppose.
0: But either way, whether she knows or not, uh, they head outside, and Katra explains that this whole thing is called a party, which is a throwback to episode two, because remember, they don't have parties in the Fright Zone. Right. <laughs> but she. Forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, she likes this a lot, and so she says that when they go back, there's going to be a lot more parties in the Horde. Um, she is, of course, in great spirits because she has the sword. And since they now know this is the key to the planet, when she gives it to Hordak, everything will be back to normal, and her trust her, he'll trust her again. Girl. Mm-hmm. Girl. Yep. Uh, uh, definitely how it works. <laughs> I know you've got mommy issues, kid, but you have to... <sighs> I don't know. She's just been burned so many times. I don't know why she keeps going back to that well. I've realized it doesn't always make sense with abuse victims, but it feels really egregious with Mm -hmm. (sighs) Katra.
1: Yep. She she just uh, doesn't let herself be happy to pursue something else and just keeps wanting to go back to things that didn't work.
0: Yeah. So Scorpia does say that maybe we just uh, don't go back since, you know, Catra hates it so much and since she loves being in the Wastes and is happy for literally the first time in her whole life. And they can just forget the Horde and Adora and everything. They can just rule the Crimson Wastes together as the lesbian queens of the desert. But Catra just kind of walks away to go check on the prisoner (laughs) Adora does beg Catra not to let Hordak get the sword, because he would bring the rest of the Horde army through. And Catra does not really believe that this is true. She thinks that it's just gibberish from a hologram. She apparently doesn't trust anything the holograms say. But uh, she also doesn't super care, because, you know, more Horde dudes is better for the Horde, right? Why wouldn't... (laughs) I feel like... If Edora were any kind of a manipulative character, this would have been a super easy point right here, because all you have to do is point out that when more horde dudes come through, she loses her spot in the hierarchy.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That. I mean, that not really even having to be that manipulative. That's actually just a good point to bring up of like, hey, but like, like, wouldn't that just mean that there'd be more people that can take over your role? Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Exactly. But. She doesn't, uh... <laughs> she, um... Instead, Adora admits that Shadow Weaver told them everything. Which means that she has told Catra that once again someone has picked Adora over Catra. And once again, Catra is second fiddle to Adora. And so she leaves to decide deciding that they are absolutely going back right now because they need to open a portal so they can kill everyone. The end.
1: <laughs> yep. I, I also, of course, noticed that, like, when Catcher walks back in and, like, bumps into Scorpio, she is just straight up looking at Scorpio's poop, so maybe she does also realize that Scorpio's gave her her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... it's yeah. <laughs> Katra, please let yourself be happy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, the desert needs a lesbian queen.
1: <laughs> yeah, the desert definitely does. I mean, tower is gone, so they need a new exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs>
0: There's a power vacuum. <laughs> uh, oh well. So yeah, that's uh that's a lot. This is mm-hmm. the first actual look we get at Mara, where she isn't portrayed as a rampaging psychopath. <laughs> and that's good <laughs> i really like how much they humanize mara in this I, I mean everything we've heard about her is that she lost control of her powers and attacked Etheria and that but the one time we see her she's just so beat up and alone and scared it's very it's easy to sympathize with her despite everything we've been told so far
1: yeah like everybody so far up to now has been like oh yeah now they, they, she fucked up she she was terrible at this and meanwhile her, it's like actually seeing her where she's like this this was this fucking dumb bullshit situation i didn't choose this i had to do the best of what i could with this to make sure people didn't die yeah exactly but everybody blames her anyway
0: <laughs> yep yeah we're, yeah, we're right. gonna get yeah. there but i really like mara as a character as in so much as we see her as a character she's a fascinating person to me and i kind of want a she prequel series but i know netflix will never give it to us
1: yeah i mean netflix is doing everything in their power to just completely destroy like everything they've been doing like all, destroying all the goodwill they might have had yeah not as much as hbo and, and of course <laughs> uh, fair <laughs> but i mean they they're still like doing everything in their power to kill a bunch of like queer like shows and everything yeah and so yeah you're, you're never getting that <laughs> I mean, it would be fun, especially since now I realize that, uh, like, we'll get to it later, but, like, her voice actress is uh, pretty familiar with us, because we both have lost Amphibia. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to it later. Uh, yeah, uh, so we just get into mm-hmm. episode four, just because it's just kind of just part two of this episode, and we're still hitting the fan. Yeah, sounds good all right so yeah season three episode four uh moment of truth good thing i looked at the twitter account huh. to see the tweet i sent earlier because i did not write down the episode title in my notes for some reason <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh just, this episode just opens with the alliance just sitting around like the like holographic war table studying it and like just an actual physical map that like frosted jabs with a piece of ice for like marking something i guess as, uh, and at that moment, uh, Glimmer teleports herself, Bo and Huntara in, with the bad news that Catra has Adora, and like it's trying to just be like, We gotta get out into the Horde now, and like, Angela just demands that she actually explain first rather than rush out to the Fright Zone. Which hey, fair, considering that as her we will see so much in this episode, it's all because Angela's always like, Y'all never have a fucking plan So we're not just gonna rush in and risk other people's lives trying to get this when we get done when we don't have a plan. <laughs> Which fair, considering they never planned. <laughs> they had an entire episode about how they fucking fail at planning. So yeah, but uh over in the fright zone, uh, Hordak and Trapta are currently working on the portal again. And, but his arm, it's like armor, like exoskeleton stuff, malfunctions a bit. But Chopper uh, like fixing it while saying that his armor is her best work. But they can't expect it to be like perfect immediately. So you know she has to fix it at times and do a little bit of maintenance to get it up to like full hundred percent efficiency. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but Hordak, like, as they were just talking Like, Hordak does say that they only need the portal open long enough To send a message to Horde Prime To have him open the portal on his side Which I guess was just confirmation that They already have full portal technology Which I guess makes sense, considering that Like, how well would Hordak get here to <laughs> with, Considering that we heard Just last week that Horde Prime does shoved them in <laughs> So, makes sense uh, But Entrapta is a little bit sad That Hordak would have to leave if he succeeds at which point Catra and Scorpion walk in with Fedora and she fully just explains about how the sword is the key to the planet and it's like there here you go this is technically your first one's tech that you needed we got this here you go uh Entrapta is a little hesitant to start resourcing the sword since obviously they're still just pushing the whole not that great Entrapta and Hordak romance thing and she doesn't want it to leave obviously <laughs> but Catra hurries them along you know saying that they're just wasting time standing around
0: I do want to just jump in here and say that the the walk they're doing as they walk a door in through that door is just the most gay swagger you can imagine
1: oh oh yeah hundred <laughs> percent just like last episode this episode also continues to be gay in some parts
0: <laughs> yeah like she's not this isn't how Katra walks this is how Katra embarrasses people <laughs> <laughs> yep
1: but yes, uh, we go back over to Bright Moon where Glimmer is trying to explain to her mom that they're wasting time. But again, she valley brings up that they have no plan, and that she just does, doesn't listen. But then Glimmer lashes out about how Angela never bothered to tell her that Shadow Weaver was her dad's teacher, which I feel like shouldn't exactly matter all that much. <laughs> That's in the past. But also, your dad's dead, so maybe don't bring up that because your mom might not be too thrilled about having to remember about that stuff. But yeah, uh, but Climber then also just says that he's always paralyzed with fear and never does anything. Yeah. But again, Angela once again just calls out about, we're not risking other people's lives because we never actually have a plan with this, so have we'll her come up with a plan or get out of the way, Climber, basically. <laughs> Which again, like, I, I get that, I get where Angela's coming from, because again, or Angela, I, I always fuck up her name. <laughs> But, like, I get where she's coming from Because, again, she is right They never do plan (laughs) And every time they try to make a plan It fucks up and blows up in their faces So it's like can't just risk and throw resources at a problem all the time like you gotta you gotta figure this out for once and also again if they had actually bothered to actually get her permission to go to the crimson waste in the first place maybe they would have had reinforcements with them so that they wouldn't have gotten adora captured (laughs) (laughs) but you know hey we can't ever ask permission apparently (laughs) But yeah, uh, a chapter basically is just hooked up to the, the sword into her like computer by basically just touching like some EKG nodes onto it. It's like, she basically just has like some clamps on it, it's not really like, it's not like she's like, hasn't like inserted into anything or anything in there, it just has a few cables attached to it. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, it's like starting to like just kind of short-circuit her lab just because of the extra power in it. and. The Hordak, meanwhile, is just annoyed that Dora is even here, because she's just tied to a post at this point. <laughs> but and Tata says that, that she's not actually sure if they also need a Dora here to make the sword even work, but when she tries to ask Adora, like, she just refuses to tell them anyway, and also pleads for her not to do it. And then proceeds to rip into Hordak for both stealing her from her home and lying to her for her whole life. Which, again, fair. Valid. Definitely has also done that stuff, but Tordak tries to claim that he never did any of this because she's insignificant. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, nope, you definitely have. You're the leader here. <laughs> this is all your operation. Also, you did still steal her. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dora just swears that she'll make sure that he fails. But the Tordak shouts back about using the sword to wipe out the rebellion. He also short circuits again and storms off a bit, or rather his armor short circuits a bit, telling Entrapta to get the portal working and the sword just like at this point just flies out of it so like set up to float above the portal device i guess because it's like been air quotes plugged in enough that it knows where to go <laughs> i guess so uh, it just kind of floats over it's just a traitor so, that's costume, all where that's going. yeah <laughs> yeah uh back over with the other members of the best friend squad uh bow and glimmer just <laughs> sneak over at the plan on that shadow weaver for assistance and warp into her room Where at least Shadow Weaver now has a comfy chair and a book, so she's not just sitting on the floor anymore. They actually vowed to give her something, like some amount of comfort.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how far just a chair goes, but it's something, I guess.
1: It's better than her sitting on the floor. She at least has some amount of being able to, like, relax and recline in her little, like, magic cell. (laughs) And also, they gave her a book, at least. That's (laughs) fair. They're staring at a wall. But yeah, uh, she tells Glimmer that she knew that she would come to her eventually, and says that the Alliance could never get there in time to stop Hordak anyway, just because they're too far away from the front zone. Basically, once she finds out like, what's going on about how Hordak now has the ability to open the portal. <laughs> and she then offers that she could help Glimmer by tapping into her powers in order to, like, boost them to be able to teleport them all directly into the fright zone if she was left out of her confinement, as she's the only sorcerer to ever actually have tapped into a runestone before. <laughs> so, hey, fair. It's like At least she's actually, like, making a decent, like, argument and a decent deal here of, like, I just... Like I, I don't need, like she doesn't even say to be fully let out of her confinement. She just says, "Just let me out for the moment, and I can help you out." She doesn't say that she has to be like fully freed or anything. She doesn't try this game. Uh, I mean, so it's like, yes,
0: but also it's Shadow Weaver.
1: It's t- true. Yes, there's no there's no sign that she would ever actually be like. All right, I'll go back into my little uh, like uh, chair cell anymore. Yeah, she absolutely like, she would, would not. She Yeah, she would probably bounce afterwards, but still She's not trying to just immediately run away (laughs) Or teleport away, or I guess she doesn't really Teleport, but she can move around with her shadows Uh, but yeah Bo then excuses her With foul play, because of course they don't Trust her at all, because, hey fair, it's Shadow Weaver But she just merely Says that she just wants to defeat the Hordak at this point And not much else, which leads to Glimmer Deciding to bust her out of her little Magic cell (laughs) But yeah, uh Back over with uh, Scorpion and Chapter at least, like Scorpion is just fed up with the Crimson Waste. idiots that I followed them there, as Catra just comes around gloating about how she's the reason the princess will be defeated. And Entrapta is meanwhile is trying to be appealed to by Adora, saying that she that they never meant to abandon her since they thought she was dead. Because again, fair, they saw Adora close, or at least everybody else's door close, and saw a fire right <laughs> after, giving her no time to escape. So yes, valid to assume that she was dead. Yeah. I still annoyed that the show has never actually like tried to do like the flashback of like her ducking into a vent in time or something i like, honestly so like, don't uh, know
0: that might be worse or,
1: or or like or like if emily has like a an apartment and then, like opened up and she dove inside and emily was just strong enough to not be melted <laughs> like
0: i get what you're saying I but i almost feel like it would be worse if they went back and tried to explain it just because you know it's not going to be satisfying
1: i guess but it's, it's not satisfying as is because, again, that door closed and you immediately saw fire half a second later. <laughs> there was no time for her to dive anywhere to get out of it.
0: Yeah, that's very true.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, uh... She, yeah, and Adora also does valley bring up that like Catra says whatever she needs to to get what she wants So it's like, yeah, they I mean, can't really trust her even though chapter's like, but Catra's my friend But it's like, yeah, but she says what she wants to and needs to to get what she wants <laughs> we, this is established at this point And Entrapta's also just too drawn in with the chance to reach other worlds Because, you know, she only just learned about other worlds existing like, maybe like uh, a couple weeks ago If that point. Yeah but Adora also then tells her that the previous she-run made impossible, and that doing this would just fully destroy Etheria, basically. <laughs> and Entrapta, looking at her like uh, like computer and everything, does notice some anomalies in her research related to opening a portal, and just heads out real quick to do some quick, like, tests, to be sure, and make sure that Adora won't try to escape while she's gone, and of course, Adora immediately tries to escape. Naturally, So, naturally. Adora, Adora, Adora kind of, like, using a little bit of, uh, deception here, but at the same time, Entrapta is, like, easily, like, willing to believe things forever, so it's like, you don't really have to try to light her all that much. Yeah, but I here. do
0: feel like... How do I say this? Entrapta just believes people right so as much as she's kind of a flighty sort of strange person I feel like if she came back and discovered that Adora had escaped it would genuinely hurt her feelings
1: oh yeah yeah but like she definitely has like a negative to insight (laughs) oh yeah absolutely she's 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 willing to take people at their word rather than actually like think about it before being like okay (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah
1: uh But basically uh, the rest of the princesses that aren't with Bo Glimmer and Shadow Weaver go and find them at the Moonstone. No real explanation for how they knew they were there but they just come by. But apparently they came by because they want to go with them to help get the Dora back rather than actually trying to stop Shadow Weaver at all. (laughs) And like, I mean, to be, hey, to be fair At least Mermista is like, nope, you're you're not In charge of the Shadow Weaver, we are, you listen to us Fuck you <laughs> Which again, fair, because fuck Shadow Weaver <laughs> She's
0: I mean, yes, and I appreciate Mermista's willingness to step up while Adora is gone <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I mean, she's she's the one who is, like, of all these characters, grouped here, like, she's the one who is the most gay for Adora. She's completely said so multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> she even designed her OC around Adora, so of course she's going to be the one that's like, Nope, we're doing this for her, shut up, you're doing this, listening to us. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. But, uh, Angela goes over to Glimmer's room to talk to her, only to see that she's not there and then she like instinctively just knows to go to Shadow Weaver's prison room only to see evidence that Glimmer is one that broke her out and then she goes to fly off to the Moonstone too because apparently she also knows that they're right there too (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) now. But uh yeah Glimmer and Shadow Weaver start the process and are able to teleport before Angela can actually get there in time to stop them and they don't get exactly into Hordak's inner sanctum but they do get close enough so they have to walk a little bit. But yeah, just like a, as I mentioned, I'm pretty sure it's the same like forearm person from the previous episode who's I guess been unpetrified Forearmed goon, walks in yes. on them. Yeah, the forearm goons, and a few minutes stays behind to hold her off, just you know having that whole fight off screen. And also, I guess they're like we don't have the budget to keep having a bunch of these characters around, so we'll have them stay behind one at a time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're doing
0: the, uh, the the anime fight thing where yeah one person stops to fight one of the generals and everyone else keeps running
1: yeah we, we go like we have the npcs here at the group and we they have to go off to hold off other people while the party members actually do stuff yeah. <laughs> yep and right after they do that uh they come across Lonnie and rogelio who like uh frosted like uh restrains the fights but they managed to like sound an alarm so, she and Marissa stay behind to fight off those remaining soldiers that have come to fight, too, uh, to let Bo Glimmer and Shadow Weaver c- continue on again, because they're, they're the player characters here. <laughs> and they basically just immediately come r- right across the counter, who refuses to side with them or stand aside. You know, it's like Shadow Weaver actually offers her to be like, get out of the way or join us, but she's like, fuck no. And to be fair, I mean, why would she ever trust Shadow Weaver once she says? (laughs) Yeah. uh, They all. (laughs) So, they all end up fighting. Uh, Catra manages, again, proves that she's a monk because she deflects one of Bo's goop arrows back at him to get him out of the fight. And she, like, basically, like, eventually is able to predict where Glimmer and Shadow Weaver will be because they just teleport spam a lot to try to get away from her while she's trying to whip at them.
0: Yeah, this. It's not super a fight. They're just bouncing around all the time.
1: Yeah, they're they're just trying to get like to look for an opening, I guess, to avoid her whip at the moment. Yeah, but, but I do argent, want to so. call this out but,
0: here, though. I mean, you say that Catra deflected one of Bo's arrows, but that's not super what happens because he shoots her whip with an arrow. He's like that's the kind of aim we're talking about. He shoots the end of the whip with a putty arrow, and then she uses that against him. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, fair. I, I I must have missed that part. I thought that she like basically just like grabbed it and threw it back or something. Yeah, it's like the putty sticks like it to the end of the
0: whip, so she can't crack it anymore. So then she just hits him with the things, so the putty gets all over him. It's honestly uh, kind of incredible. Like gotcha. the eyes on this boy, he could do so much <laughs> if they ever let him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he could do so... He, he could kill so many people if he was not in a, like, children's TV show where he can't do a murder. Because <laughs> he would definitely... Like, every. Like I mean, he's, he's pinned so many people up against walls with arrows, but he's never allowed to actually, like, hit them in, like, a vital part. Well, of
0: course, no. <laughs> but even just in general, like... With that kind of precision, I mean... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was talking a few yeah, episodes like, ago about how it was weird that he thought he could take out turrets, but I get it, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Bo took uh skill expert and has that expertise in perception at this point. <laughs> I mean, hey, skill expert is one of the best feats out there. It's, it's a good choice for any character, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh... Yeah, uh, after she's able to, like, figure out where they're going around right their teleport spamming, like, she uses the whip to try to grab at Glimmer, but Shadow Weaver just grabs the whip as it's in midair and, like, channels, like, dark energy at it to, like, basically shock Katra <laughs> along its line. And she basically then offers Catra a way out to join them again, just like she offered earlier, but Catra, of course, validly shouts about how she, like, made her this way because she's a shitty mom and all and also that she's, she still only cares about Adora and that's it. She came here like she left the Fright Zone and left Catra but she came back for Adora <laughs> so of course Katra has just like the biggest inferiority complex because of that's how she was raised to be all the time and at that uh, answer Shadow Weaver basically just abuses Glimmer's power a bit to like restrain Catra slash uh, drain her more of like i guess life i don't know she's like she's definitely causing something to catch but she's not like shocking her or anything she's <laughs> using like some amount of shadow power to like choke her i guess but though eventually he gets her to stop draining her and Katra then just runs off with the, the goat the the like the goat goon person horned goons horned goons right <laughs> I, I keep doing i keep having goat in my i mean they are they're kind of goat. yeah but, they do look pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. But yes, uh, Scorpia, meanwhile doing all this, is helping Entrapta out because she's not really hung out with her much <laughs> recently, and also because, like, you know, Capture has, done, like, other stuff that she's doing, so Scorpia doesn't have anywhere else to hang out with, and Entrapta basically just gets, like, repeatedly, like, bad results on her, like, portal diagnostics of the planet blowing up in what she calls a, like, warped time, like, a warped reality of time and space collapsing upon itself. <laughs> so that's bad. Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> I kind of wish that they had shown, like, the screen itself during, like, the simulation that she shows Scorpia. I think that's just the same one that we... There were definitely more sound effects, it seems, (laughs) rather than, like, just the, like, the red error messages that she was seeing when we saw the screen a bit. So it's, like, it's more like she, like, played out, like, a, like, simulation of it, and it's, like, you know, it would, like, this this simulation's actually, like, not as bad as it would be. This would be way worse. (laughs) (laughs) Because again, time and space would collapse upon itself and just kill us all.
0: Yeah. It's that's pretty rough, I'm not gonna lie, but like At least yeah. she decided to check the numbers first for the first time in her yeah, life. It,
1: like hey, she she did the research that uh, oh, god, what's the fucking what's the guy that leads Team Galaxy's name in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl called? Uh, I Cyrus. Yeah. Le- Cyrus. Yeah, she at least did the research that Cyrus did not. Hmm. When he, when he was trying to, like, get his hands on Tiago and later on Darkrai I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh when Entrapta sees the clear evidence here she obviously doesn't want to go through it for now because she's like yeah, that would mean I would die too <laughs> so I, I, I don't want that but Katra runs into the room and demands that she activate the portal now, which just, again, unhinges Katra. when uh, Entrapta's like, no, but the door was right, this would kill us all <laughs> she's like, oh, of course the door is always fucking right, and it's like just because Adora happens to do the research, Catra, that you don't, and then Chapter Bowers also did the research and back it up, doesn't mean that, just in this one case, that Adora being right is the worst course for you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, Chapter basically says that she has to go tell Hordak because he would clearly stop this, uh, you know, delving in what she had just learned, but Catra hits her with the shock probe that she's had at times and tells her like uh, wasteland crony to just get rid of her and put her on a transport to beast island because it's like yeah she's just completely unhinged at this point and just wants to get this done even though it's going to kill them all yep and she, she say, threatened
0: scorpio the same it is impressive that horned Goon knows where the transport to beast island is already especially considering yeah, that scorpio didn't think it was real <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Hort, Horton Goon has been here, like, a day, and apparently has bothered to actually, like, do more research about what's at the Fright Zone than even Scorpio has been here her entire life. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yeah, uh, Katra then runs over to Hordak and uh, lies to her, to him, saying that it was that We let the princes in, because it's like, oh, how do you think they got in, obviously, because he's just using whatever excuse is needed to encase because like, she obviously at this point doesn't believe that they're all going to die when the portal is activated so it's like well I gotta think ahead for where he's going to ask where entra- Entrapta is and tells him to open the portal on his own and her but the best friend in the squad shows up to try to stop the ball, and in the course of the fighting Katra just runs over and pulls the lever herself and the episode cuts out as Sora's engulfed in light and everybody's dead
0: yep the <laughs> end's no more Shira.
1: yep yep <laughs> Rip. Uh, weird that there's still, like, uh, another two episodes in the season and two seasons afterwards, but I guess it's just, a like, a white void. Nothing <laughs>
0: else. Well, Entrapta did say that it would gradually collapse in on them, so...
1: Oh, okay. So it'll it's collapse at the end of the, uh, the end of the next two episodes, and then the uh, following two seasons are just a white void. Right, the
0: rest of the show is just everyone dying agonizingly. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, uh...
1: Yeah, stuff's happened. It sure is. (laughs) Compared to, like, compared to most of season two, where not much happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're uh, we're, we're really putting on the wheels now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can see a lot of why people say that season three is just season two, part two. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's, like, I mean, yeah, because, like, nothing happened in, like the first part and then in like season two really so it's like yes i understand why it'd be. and also because obviously those these two seasons are only like seven and six episodes long yeah so it's like course, i feel like just
0: if they had been going. combined that this would have been spaced out a little better if that makes sense like don't get yeah, me wrong they, they probably I love this run of episodes they probably would have, but <laughs>
1: yeah they probably would have like been like a bit of like a slower build-up to like the stuff that we see in these last like three episodes in particular really yeah exactly
0: It's just so much happening all at once, and that's fine. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying everything hitting the fan all at once. But I think if the season hadn't been cut, it just would have been a little more (laughs) paced. Yeah. And, uh, I guess I was wrong. So now's as good a time to talk about that as any. I was actually wrong about two things last episode, so... Uh, I thought that these were the episodes where we got to learn about Skull. I was wrong. So, my bad. I said that on the episode, and we didn't. So, uh, I have to apologize <laughs> for that. And the other thing I was wrong about is that uh, I'm going to be on the evens for season four. It's season five where I'm back on the odds. So.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, there's only two more in this yep. season.
0: Next yep. episode we do, will be covering the end of season three. That went by like Already. nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah um, I suppose that's probably time to move into the past I'm trying to do that
1: <laughs> I, yeah no no I, I exactly not, also thought the same it's like the, de- de- yeah, de- yeah, de- yeah. the, like the little like the ripple effect that they did on like all those 90s shows whenever they do a flashback hundred
0: percent that's exactly what I had in mind um mm-hmm. Yes, so, we didn't meet a whole lot of new people today, but we did meet Tongue Lasher. <laughs> uh, Tongue Lasher is kind of a weird one, because he first shows up in a He-Man comic book. He was intended as a villain for the He-Man series, but then he kind of just got moved over to she for some question mark reason. In he man he was meant to be part of a a group called the snake men who were just like a bunch of different dudes who had snake powers because mm-hmm. there's always a bunch of dudes who have snake powers you know how it goes yeah. but instead of that he winds up uh being one of she-ra's kind of generic enemies he he works for Hordak, he there's nothing special about Tongue Lasher. I'm sorry. I've got nothing.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> the special thing about Tongue Lasher is his voice actor.
0: <laughs> well, the other special thing is that he looks completely different between the series. Like, the oh, one that yeah. I sent you, mm. that's him in the She-Ra series, right? But this is the design he was supposed to have for He-Man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That, that, <clears throat> I mean obviously he has like the snake head But he has more of a frog body otherwise
0: Yeah so his whole deal back in the day And this is where the whip came from Is that his tongue was a whip Essentially he could like stretch it out And whip uh, people with it But also gotcha. it was coated with deadly poison So if he whipped you with it you would die Now how that squares with it being In his mouth I don't know but
1: <laughs> I mean obviously he's immune to it Because his, his species developed that Poison over uh, millennia
0: Don't think it's natural, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. Don't worry. It's just tongue lasher. The you'll notice that in the design sheet I sent you, it is tongue lasher spelled correctly and not T U N G L A S H O R. And that is because they never spell his name the same way twice. Like even between credited (laughs) episodes, they sometimes they just call him tongue. Sometimes they spell it right. Sometimes it's half right. There's no consistency with this guy. Fun. But that's 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 pretty much all I've got for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I at least have some trivia of my own because again, there's two characters that were introduced in episode three, hey. which means we talk about uh, some voice actors that are pretty prolific. <laughs> because uh, yeah, as I alluded to, uh, Tongue Lashor is voiced by Jake Eberle, Eberle, E B E R L E, like. I don't know I, I Again, I came up with this whole I'll cover voice actors on the shows we cover And then being like, oh no, I need to pronounce people's voices And people's names oh, no. <laughs> but yeah uh, Basically, I liked in particular this guy Because I realized afterwards He's the voice of Rodrigue in Fire Emblem Three Houses And Three Hopes Which is a game I like a lot <laughs> So it's like, oh, right, that guy <laughs> Rodrigue is really not in the game as much, unfortunately <laughs> He's playable in Three Hopes, I know But yeah, he's kind of a, more of a minor character in Three Houses Yeah but he's also uh, Bathion, I think is how you pronounce his name, in Tales of a Rise, which is a game I've also wanted to play, but haven't yet. He is the voice of Saburo in the uh, localization of Demon Slayer. He is also Spider-Man Noir in uh, Spider-Geddon, like a show that was actually about Spider-Man Noir, or at least a special <laughs> that was, as well as having just like a lot of like just miscellaneous voices as like background characters in a bunch of games and TV shows. Like, too many of the last, <laughs> but I, I, I just noticed, like, oh, it's like, okay, these are, it's like, yeah, it's, it's Rodrigue, hooray, I forgot that guy. Nice.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, but also. Oh, I mm-hmm. just, quick note, I completely forgot to mention, Tongue Lashore did actually exist in the 2002 He-Man show, that's not something we usually cover, because normally the villains don't cross over, but in this one, he did. So, uh, 2002 Tongue Lash ah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. Yeah, no, he, he, that's that's kind of a cool design.
0: Yeah, it's all right for a dude with a. Picture. He's very early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude.
1: But yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the other voice actors we have, of course, is Mara's voice actress, who is uh, Zara Fazal. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right because I I've not have not actually ever heard anybody even say her name. <laughs> But uh we're we're familiar with her already because uh, she plays General Yuna a non amphibia hey. And she is also the voice of Faraday, Shannon, and Aggie in Craig of the Creek. And just like a shit ton of characters from Young Justice, including Halo, Cassandra Savage, Harper Rowe, and Hawkwoman. Wow. Yeah. That's that is a lot. <laughs> there were there were there were like eight or nine characters. This is for credit <laughs> she plays in that show. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fucking lot. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, General Yunnan uh, Scourge of the Sand Wars uh, I don't remember the rest of this shit. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, just Mara's Mara. Mar- <laughs> Defeater of Ragnar the Wretched I think was one of them I don't remember
0: <laughs> I'm gonna be honest I didn't know Bluebird was in Young Justice I might have to watch it now <laughs> I said I'm gonna be honest I didn't know Bluebird was in Young Justice I might have to watch oh, it now uh, Who's Bluebird? Uh, one of the voices you listed her as doing
1: no, I, I said Halo, Cassandra Savage, Harper, and Hawkwind. Yeah, Harper Rowe, Bluebird. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that was the superhero name. It, it n- Wikipedia listed it as them as Harper Rowe. Oh, I see. Not Bluebird. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said Harper Rowe. Gotcha. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. She's cool. Um, got a gay brother. <laughs> oh, neat. Who joined up with the Joker yeah. because he got gay bashed? So less cool. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. He got better.
1: Okay, at least so bad.
0: Anyway, uh, yeah, back off, uh... the Batman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't have anything else. That's that's kind of all I had for trivia. wise just because like, hey, like turns out even near the end of season three, we're still having some new characters introduced. Nice. Yeah,
0: we uh, we surely are having new characters introduced. <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, I know, I know, obviously that like uh, in the next two seasons we can expect that uh, Double Trouble will be introduced because I know they show up too. That's true, yeah. But uh, I don't remember just off the top of my head thinking about other characters in the show, but I don't remember anybody else being introduced besides them.
0: Uh, there's some people from just
1: just from what. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, because you've mentioned that some of the characters that we got alluded to in Princess Prime do actually show up for, like, an episode. Yeah.
0: And there's also, uh, without naming names, there's a character who's going to show up, I think, in your next episode, who we've talked about but hasn't been on screen yet, so that's nice. Um,
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. My guess would be Horde Prime, because we haven't actually seen Horde Prime. So, yeah, I assume Horde Prime will actually show up in the flesh at one point, but considering that uh is a clone of him he probably just has the same voice acting <laughs> <laughs> that'd be my guess at least
0: i suppose i could understand why you would guess that yeah uh it's not what i have in yeah. mind but i, I see where I you're mean, coming I mean, from hey
1: uh I, I... oh okay fair <laughs> fair <laughs> but okay. yeah
0: we'll get there next week no worries
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, I don't really have a whole lot else <laughs> about this. It's like, I mean, it's like, oh, we, we've talked enough about at length about how Catra needs to actually, like, do something that makes her happy rather than just following along with this really terrible abusive situation that she keeps putting herself in.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, I don't even know how to obviously she's in a bad way and obviously she needs help but the way she just keeps lashing out the instant anybody gets anywhere near her and I don't know it's it's so it's it's difficult yeah <sighs>
1: yep still still very curious how they go from like just like how catcher at this point is like just so I don't want to say like irredeemably like garbage or anything like that but it's like she is like I mean yeah she is obviously the product of a really like shitty upbringing but it's like I'm still curious how they go from this to her like actually doing the right thing in the end and helping the rebellion
0: who says she does being gay with fedora.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh it's like, well, I'll be curious to see how they actually get from here to there <laughs> Because at this point, it's like, oh, yeah, no, Catra is definitely, like, the kind of, like, villain who would definitely go down with the ship at this point in my mind. Oh, 100%, yes. Catra yep. would
0: absolutely
1: but, blow mean,
0: herself up if it meant killing everyone else, too.
1: Absolutely. She 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 is the uh, the meme of, like, I've just met the ability to destroy the entire world, but if anything happened to them, I would kill myself and literally the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a person or, like, a pet that she had just met just the power to wipe everything out <laughs>
0: yeah well, you just wait until she uh, gets think... a pet
1: uh, please don't give catcher a pet catcher <laughs> <laughs> needs to learn to be able to take care of herself before she can actually take care of her pet
0: <laughs> i mean it was in the glimmer episode didn't you see the the, the D episode where she had her own white fluffy cat <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, you're right, I remember, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I mean, that was Glimmer's headcanon for a catcher. that just that doesn't mean that that's actually real, because, like, in their universe, like, he's making a cannon for a person that actually exists.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think we mentioned it at the time, but I don't remember if Etheria actually has cats on it or not, so... It's possible that that image was reverse-engineered from just what I, Catra is. I w- would think that they probably at least have cats, because how would they be able to get the inspiration
1: for Catra's name otherwise in the context of like naming a person in that, ser- in
0: that world? I, I mean, that's just what her name is. It doesn't mean anything.
1: I mean, true, Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's like uh maybe it's like that uh season three episode of DuckTales where it's uh it's uh i think I've mentioned this before, it's Penumbra like looking back and forth mm-hmm. at like one of the triplets and uh, Webby feeding uh popcorn to a duck. It's just because they're two ducks themselves. <laughs> just looking back between them and the ducks and just having the look on her face of like what the fuck is <laughs> <laughs> up with <in> this world? <laughs> uh
0: let's see. Okay. Um blah 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 blah. Uh I really hate it when sites won't let you use them because of your ad blocker. This is terrible. Aww. What are you trying to look at? Uh, well, there, I have an article here about ND talking about there being cats on Ethereum, but I can't read it because I won't turn my ad blocker <laughs> off. <sighs> One moments, it's, it's
1: just it's just it's just them singing the And There Are No Cats in America song from American Tale, except it's just And There are No Cats on Ethereum <laughs> <laughs> Um Except for Catra. She doesn't count, she's a cat person. Yeah. <laughs> she's at the backseat, she's not a cat. <laughs> god it's so weird to remember like oh yeah it's like so obvious in retrospective that like american tale is just like a you know a, it's just them talking about the nazis <laughs> except you don't realize it as a kid oh well, yeah <laughs> um oh boy hmm.
0: okay yeah, apparently there was a proposed episode that didn't actually get made in which there was a regular cat skulking around bright moon but everyone thought it was catcher in disguise <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that was worth it But there you go Real cats on Ethereum <laughs> just, uh, just the princess
1: lines uh, Being like Catra little lo- lo- how to transform am like trying to take this cat prisoner And interrogating. him Yeah pretty much Meanwhile <laughs> well, the cat's just like there Taking a nap and Giving itself like a little like bath and everything And it's like, like Cut the crap Catra we know it's you And meanwhile like Catra eventually shows up And he's just like What the fuck are y'all doing <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a cute idea, but it didn't get made, so it doesn't count. There's no cats.
1: <laughs> yep, no cats, none at all. But um,
0: yeah, I uh, I don't think I actually have anything else for this episode. Yeah, me neither. That's so it's weird. That's two yeah, in a row. They're I mean... less than two hours.
1: Yeah, but like uh, I mean. At times, like, our longer episodes have been us also, like, having a much longer preamble.
0: That's true, yeah, but still.
1: Like, like, yeah, like, I mean, obviously we didn't have as much of a preamble this episode because we only just recorded again, like, three days prior (laughs) for us. Obviously not for y'all listening.
0: Yeah, that's certainly true. I just, our average episode comes out to two hours, so it's strange. Yeah. Oh, well. It just means uh, taking up less time for folks' morning commute. Um, I suppose if you've liked uh, our various dillying and dallying today, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Patch underscore Jacket. I haven't actually been on Twitter very much this week. It's super weird. I don't know why. Actually, I do, too, because I started reading One Piece, and I don't have time for Twitter, because One Piece will last forever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you, you, you have a lifelong commitment there now.
0: <laughs> I'm 20% of the way done. I only have about... But
1: but it will never end.
0: <laughs> I only have about 40 more hours worth of reading to go. <laughs> Gee,
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh. Uh, I, I mean, if you if you just want to keep on like seeing me like liking retweeting a bunch of Xenoblade uh, like, three art and stuff, uh, you can follow me at Clifford Chaos as usual. <laughs> just, uh, there's just so many memes that of that game at this point because it's been out for a month. <laughs> uh, and then like I mean, next week it's gonna become uh, Splatoon three a lot because Splatoon is out next Yay, week. Splatoon! Hooray more splatoon ah more I,
0: you know what i totally forgot to say at the mm-hmm. top of the show that i beat Saints row that was the thing i meant to talk about oh well too late now
1: oh right right and also uh i also wanted to quickly mention that i did watch the uh the prologue episode of the new gundam series witch of mercury oh yeah or witch from mercury yeah it's uh kind of interesting they, they are like doing like a bunch of like transhumanism stuff that it's like oh you can only like actually like properly activate like a gundam or like a mobile suit that's like a Gundam by like literally jacking yourself into the suit by like your like prosthetic limbs and stuff <laughs> it's like, i guess to like like a like neural connection i mm-hmm. guess you know, it's like a scene where like the the mom character who's like working on the project like has like her like her prosthetic arm removed and you just see like the cords going right into her like the stump of her arm <laughs> in order to pilot this thing nice. it's it's cool uh
0: yeah like it's i don't know that's uh, i've never done a Gundam sounds kind of wild
1: it, it's also the first Gundam series where the protagonist is a girl hey instead of a teenage boy like they have been for like 30 years nice. <laughs> I think she's like the four-year-old in this prologue episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> um my final word on Saints Row it's great if you like Saints Row you'll like it uh, if you don't like open world games that are powered by minigames you probably won't uh i was extremely disappointed by the final villain not because it was a bad fight because i didn't like who it was <laughs> uh it's it's a saint's row game but it's gay so yeah it's good go for it
1: <laughs> you can you i've seen, definitely have seen that you can also be to the in that game yeah you 100% but they, can. but they always keep like sensor bars on the titty right no
0: no you can turn that off
1: oh okay because yeah, for... i thought i saw what, i thought i saw somebody post a picture of their character being titty and they had the sensor bar so i thought that was the default uh
0: one of the things you can choose during your character customization is the modesty settings and that includes what oh, kind gotcha. of sensor bars there will be like you can make them little cartoon faces or take it off entirely or whatever <laughs> okay so
1: hooray you can see the titty
0: mm-hmm.
1: i just said hooray you can see the titty
0: i mean yes or, hypothetically, I'm just saying, maybe you could run around gunning down all the cops shirtless, because it's uh, it's a power move, I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, p- power fantasy, being able to uh, gun down cops uh, shirtless in Minecraft, of course. Naturally,
0: naturally. <laughs> this is what I think of indecent exposure loss. <laughs> But, uh, yes. Okay.
1: You know, hey, so, so, sometimes you just need to free the titty. <laughs> I've been having to wear sports bras so much around the clock a lot of the time. It's like, yeah, sometimes you just need to be like, I just need to take this fucking thing off, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: should, should only be another week of that, at least. I have my follow-up appointment next Thursday in the afternoon. So it's really just more than, you know, I guess check on the state of the scars and stuff and just make sure nothing seems amiss.
0: Yeah, that's uh. I'm glad to hear that you're getting that follow up. That is a great step, because that means you're almost better.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I have like most of my range of movement back. It's just like at times if I like try to lean over too much to reach for my phone when it goes off in the morning, it kind of can be a bit uh. stress, like a little bit of a strain on my arm and everything, and like. and not really supposed to still like carry anything hefty, but like I had to go and like get a few things from the store and nobody else was around so it's like well i guess i'm going to carry this with two hands and whatever i don't care if i look weird doing that carrying this one bag with two hands but it's like i need to because i need to distribute the weight evenly (laughs) it is fine
0: Uh, yeah so that's that's great to hear but uh we already gave our plugs like 10 minutes ago so
1: (laughs) Eh, whatever (laughs) Because we didn't get questions this week either. So, Unfortunately,
0: well. <laughs> no. We didn't get any questions, and we didn't get any transformations. So. <sighs> yeah. We're a fool of a show. Just broken down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, we've had, like, a, a stranger, like, uh, scheduling system in the last couple of weeks because of, like, search me and all. So it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, we're getting back into the normal swing of things. That's true. We'll yeah, get there. We'll be
0: fine. No. Yeah. We'll... We'll get back to our three-hour-long epic episodes someday, but dear listener, I hope you enjoy (laughs) the sound of our voices.
1: We'll we'll get there whenever they do the Owl House Season 3 episodes, because those are going to be twice as long each. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, no, they actually aren't going to be twice as long. They're going to be as long as the older episodes we used to do were, because it would basically be two episodes worth a show in each of those. (laughs) Yeah. But also, but also, those last three episodes are gonna be fucking buck wild. I expect so. We'll also be talking about them a lot. Oh yeah,
0: a hundred percent. There's no way we don't. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, though, I think there's not much left to say. But uh, remember, us weirdos we have to stick together. together. Bye. Bye.